Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bernsey, what's going on? How much, my friend? How you doing today? I see you're going to cross something off your bucket list right there. You just said to me about a minute ago, (laughs) I think I'm going to cross something off my bucket list. There you go. So Uh. Gambo and I have been doing this a long time, right? Like together we've been 11 and a half years now and we've both been in the industry a long time. I've never ever gone to a Final Four. And so today they unveiled the logo for all our Final Four that we have in 2024. Like, you know screw it. I'm going. Screw it. I'm going to go. I don't know go. why I missed it the last time mm. it was here. I don't know why I didn't go then. But it's like been almost like a childhood dream to go to a Final Four. So Final Four. So it's one of those go. things that yeah, you've got a bucket list, places you want to go, things you want to do, and there you go. Do you have anything on your sports bucket list? Like something I've always wanted to go to. I'd like to see Italy in the World Cup. Okay. I'd like to see Fair. Italy in the That's World good. Cup. A Cardinals it. home victory. Oh, stop. I would actually like stop to it. see, I would like to see tennis at Wimbledon. That's one on my list too. I would like to see that. I'd like to go to Wimbledon. Italy in the World Cup, a Wimbledon tennis match, center court. Yep. Would like to see that. I'd like to go see Ohio State, Michigan. I don't care where. You don't care where. I don't care which, I don't care which stadium. I'd like to go see Ohio State, Michigan. I don't care which one. Doesn't matter. Um, Wimbledon is a good one. I've always wanted to see a Duke North Carolina basketball game. Okay. That's always been That's on the good. list too. That's yeah. good. That's probably it. I'm sure there are others. I'm sure there are others. But a final four is like one of those things. You'll have a top cricket match in Australia you need to go to. Uh, I'd be a negative Rugby. ghost rider. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Um I'd have to think about what else. Wimbledon would be a good one. I, I, I always enjoy it. Or, anything golf? Anything golf wise? Oh, I mean, the Masters. The Masters or? maybe wouldn't be a bad, wouldn't be a bad thing either. But yeah, the five, the final four. That okay. should have been one that I knocked out a long no, time not, ago. I don't know why, but I'm looking at this. Knock that out. Looking at this knock cool logo, and I'm thinking, all right, yeah. You know what? Why not? I'll be there. I will be there. Uh, I'll tell you what's not on my bucket list is watching the Suns get their brains beat in every single time they play the Dallas Mavericks. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Damian Lee will lay it off the window and in as the buzzer sounds. And the Mavericks fans don't like it, but it really is academic. Final score in Dallas, the Mavericks 130. The Suns 111. Dallas wins its first regular season game against the Suns in over three years. Breaking news to the Burns and Gambo show. Yeah. The Phoenix Suns have a new owner. It's the Dallas Mavericks. You know how many uh, memes I saw of Luca carrying baby Booker last night? <laughs> I mean, forget Bob Iger, forget Jeff Bezos. Yeah. The Dallas Mavericks own the Phoenix Suns. Enough, uncle. Leave us alone. Go away. Stop. Yeah. Tired of this. I mean, it was like there's there was a bunch of memes of of Luca carrying you know, having a book in the in the cradle, oh, book book no. in the stroller, rocking book. Yeah. I mean, it was a terrible game for book and a great game for Luca. And it's a bad you know it's a bad matchup. And I know we're going to talk about that, but man, they just they came out of the gates in that first quarter, and you just kind of felt after the first quarter, hey, like I knew. The Suns couldn't win that game. You know, it's funny. It's, I knew it. Honestly, I ended up watching much more of the Monday night football game than I expected 
because I turned it away from the Suns. It's like, okay, I can stop watching this now, right? Like, I, like I watched all of Tom Brady's fourth quarter comeback, and the only reason why I did was because the Suns game wasn't worth watching in the fourth quarter. It was done. It was mm-hmm. over. There was no point. I mean, even by no point. midway through the third quarter, I'm like, they're not making a run. This thing is that, and it all started with that first quarter. They first were, quarter. They were off. Devin Booker didn't have any points. The Suns went, what, seven straight possessions without was, scoring a basket? It was Ish, awful. Ish Wainwright hits the three-pointer. The score is tied at 11. It's 11, it's 11, 11, 11. All right. Ish hits a three. Hardaway hits a three, 14, 11. Green is a three point play after a foul by Ish, 17, 11. After Ish turns it over, Green scores on a fast break. It's 19, 11. Couple plays later, Green hits a wide open corner three. Suns have four guys in the paint trying to get Luca. He hits a wide open corner three, 22, 13. And you're like, then Luca hits a three over DA. Every switch he wanted, he got. Then it's 25-13. Monty calls a timeout and they're like, this is a, this is a, like, this is that, that, the, the, the ball going down the hill. Like, he was a st- steam, we're getting steamrolled. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing that they could do in that first, and then it just got worse. Green steals the ball from Landry, scores on an inbounds play. They're up 14. Uh, Wood hits two free throws. They're up 16. Eventually, they're up 18. After Lucas scores off a pass from Green, and I even wrote my notes. This is again, ugly. Sports. Breaking news. Oh. According to Adam Schefter, former number one overall pick Baker Mayfield was claimed on waivers today Okay, by the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. The Rams got him. (laughs) The Rams did not want the 49ers to get him. They didn't want the 49ers to get him. Mayfield is expected to fly to L.A. by tonight and could play Thursday night against the Raiders. I mean, they're out of it. Like, they're out of it. There's no reason for them... To have him, except, you know what? We're just going to screw the 49ers. <sighs> wow. Okay. I mean, this is uh, not a team in contention for playoffs, but no, they're, I believe they're, they're, they're eliminated. They're, 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 if they're not eliminated, I think they're, they're eliminated. Elimination's doorstep. I mean, they're like, basically done. So We need a quarterback anyway. Stafford's out. Let's get him. Let's get him and let's and keep him sure from San Francisco. And make sure the 49ers don't get him. Let's make sure our division rival doesn't get him. Wow. Okay. okay. We'll uh, talk more about that a little later on in the show. Thank you for breaking in with that. Baker Mayfield headed to the L.A. Rams getting claimed by Los Angeles. So anyway, we were talking about the Suns and their 130-111 loss last night to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, that first quarter told the whole story of the game. And and DeAndre Ayton, after the game, and this is courtesy of Dwayne Rankin's Twitter account, he's the beat writer who covers the Suns for AZ Central. He travels with the team. Ayton said, honestly, you get your butt whooped like this, in some ways it's good for you. You know, it's another big game as well. It's exciting. Um, Me, I think I had fun tonight as well, though. Um, I I had fun with my team's Punches in the mouth and you know, having the chance to answer back is, is so fun to me. And um, that's what I look forward to. You know, it's about time our team really, you know, put a little butt whooping on us and let us go back in the lab and you know uh, find figure out what we need to do. We don't make shots during games and how how we you know adjust. Quote: It's about time a team really put a butt whooping on us and let us get back in the lab and figure out what we need to do when we don't make shots during games and how we adjust. Close quote. Yeah, and to me, it was a lot more about not getting stops than not making shots. I would agree. They scored 111. I know they did well, 15, okay, 15 at the end of the first. 15 points in the first quarter is kind of yeah, problematic, sure, sure, right? Okay, I mean, you, you, you can blame your defense, yeah, but you scored 15 points in the first quarter. 30, That's kind of they an They had issue. 33 in the first. They had 34 in the second. You couldn't get a stop. They couldn't get stops. No. You watch it every time Dallas got the ball, you figured they were going to score. 
So to me, it's like, okay, like I, we got to score. No, you got defense. You got to play defense. I weren't playing any defense. And again, we'll talk about being a bad matchup and everything. You know, Monty didn't go with Dario to start the game. He decided to go with Ish Wainwright, thinking that bad matchup with Dario out there because of how many pick and rolls they put, you know, Luca in. So he didn't want to have Dario on Luca. But it doesn't really matter who you have on Luca. Um, because he's gonna, they're gonna get the matchups that they want. So, but then they went with a Koji who's gonna join us on the show at three o'clock. He started the second quarter and then started the second half. Um, but man, wasn't this very reminiscent of the playoff games last year, game six and game seven? Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you, you saw, you saw the tweet. I'll pass along the, the information to the folks about the Lucas special, right? Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. You, you saw it. Okay. So the Lucas special, for those of you who don't remember, you Suns fans who maybe blocked it out. Game five, Suns beat the Mavs by 30 points last year. Look like they're going to win the series. And, um, Booker goes down, gets fouled. He, he fakes it, you know, he hams it up, looks up at the camera, and he says, that's called the Luka special. Ever since then, Luka Doncic has absolutely destroyed the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and so Luka obviously is a problem. But I, I thought last night the problem really was, I hate to blame Devin Booker because he's been so good, but you just can't go zero points for Devin Booker in the first quarter no, of the game. No, he missed his first six shots, I yeah. think. I mean, he, missed, he just kept missing shots. You can't, you can't. He needs to establish himself early in a matchup like that. And I know people were looking at this game and they were saying Booker, Luka, MVP matchup. I haven't looked at the MVP odds. I don't know where Devin Booker stands now. It's back to 5,500. I really doubt that. But it can't be very good. Um, But I, I thought, I mean, Devin Booker, again, I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying it's his fault. But when your star player misses every single shot he takes in the first quarter and you only score 15 points and everything's so out of rhythm, you needed Devin Booker to stabilize things in that first quarter. And he wasn't able to do it, you know, and and without that, yeah, it mattered they played poor defense, but I also think it mattered they played poor offense. And without Devin Booker establishing things, I think that just sent them into a tailspin that they can never get out of the rest of the night. You got to halftime, right? And you're like, man, DA's the only one like playing well. And then, um, you know, I love the, uh, I love the Tom and Tom, uh, Leander and Chambers at halftime. And, and Tom Chambers is like, Hey, DA six for eight from the field. The rest of the starters, six for 27. I'm like, I gotta write that one down. DA was six of eight. The rest of the starters were six of 27. There weren't any shots. Yeah. Phoenix was 13 out of 37 from three. The Mavs were 20 out of 41. DeAndre ended up with 20 points and eight rebounds. But every, like, you know, you, you got to get Book help, but it can't be just one guy, right? If Book, even when Book plays well, you're still looking for help. You know, Cameron Payne didn't play well. He's four for 16 from the field. He's in a slump right now shooting Burns. He's not shooting the ball very well. Um, the, you know, the assist to turnover and all that's good, but the shooting is has been poor for Cameron Payne. So that was one of those games last night. Rough first quarter, second quarter. They just never got back into it. It was the Mavs were able to keep that at about a 20-point lead the whole game. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, headed to State Farm Stadium on May 14th with the Strokes. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now by heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the NBA is a matchup game. It's a matchup league, and the Mavericks have one guy that the Suns just can't seem to figure out what to do with. Begrudgingly, we talk Luka Doncic and how he's done it to the Suns next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Difference of one second between the game clock and the shot clock. Doncic's going to try a step back three and hit it over Campaign. And then shake his head as he looks at Campaign going back on defense. John Bloom with the call. Yeah. 33.6 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. He was 12 for 20 in 29 minutes. Bad matchup. Bad matchup. Bad matchup. It's it's just this. It's a bad matchup. And and it's a bad matchup in combination with they've poked the bear. And and I mentioned this briefly in the last segment of the show. I'll mention it and I'll flesh it out a little bit more. Okay, let's go. The Lucas special, as I mentioned before, was that Game 5 of the Western Conference semis last year. The Suns win by 30, 31 points. Devin Booker, hard foul, goes down hard, fakes it, right? He's laying on the floor. He's got his face down in the court. He kind of looks up, peeks at the camera, smiles, and as he's getting up, he calls it the Luka special. Luka on his way off the court that night, according to ABC 15's Twitter account, uh, quote, everybody acts tough when they're up. Since then, when Luka Doncic has played Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns, he's gone for 33-11 and 8 assists. Mm. 35, 10 rebounds and four assists. 35, nine rebounds and six assists. 33, six rebounds and eight assists. The Mavericks have scored the Suns, outscored the Suns by 79 points in four games. One of which the Suns won, by the way, the opener this year. But in four games, the Mavs have outscored the Suns by 79 points in that span. Yeah. It's a bad matchup. It's a bad matchup. And he gets up for it. There's no denying it. He wants to beat that team. No question. I thought the Lucas special might have been two large pies with with, uh, Slovenian sausage on it. Is there such a thing as Slovenian sausage? Yes, it's like their number one food is uh, the Slovenian is the sausage. I, I, is uh, yeah, it's called uh, Kranska klobasa, Kroniolin sausage, most known Slovenian food. So I thought that might have been a Luca special. Two large pies and a two liter bottle of Coke with some cannolis for twenty nine ninety nine. No, that's not it. Here's the problem that they they they've got a bunch of shooting fives. So they that spaces you know the the sun's bigs out, um, and it does open up the lane for when Lucas Lucas not just a bunch not not three point looters uh, three point shooting it's it's the three pointers it's the mid range jumpers it's the driving to the basket I charted a whole lot of his baskets mm-hmm. and almost every one they get they just a switch Luca hits a three over Da got the switch with McHale with a pick Luca scores off a pass from Green inside because the bigs aren't anywhere near the basket Lee takes it at Lee and Landale um, you go to the second court he gets a swish off of a Koji and and Da on him. He hits a step back three. Gets the switch off of Koji again. Landry Shamit's on him. Hits an open three. Gets the switch off of McHale. Hits a three over Payne. Every time they wanted to get a switch, they got a switch. Yeah. Every time. And it's just, it's a matchup that the Suns can't really combat because it's like, I don't want Mikhail Bridges on me. Or I don't want a Koji on me. Those guys are good defenders. I'm going to get the weaker defender on me. And every single time they do it, and it works. It's it's the NBA. It's what the NBA is. The NBA is all pick and roll and switches and, you know, getting matchups. That's what the NBA is. But they really, really get the best of the Suns in those matchups. And every single time they want to get Luka on somebody else, they're able to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've got Mikhail Bridges guarding him. It's not going to do anything. He's not going to end up guarding him. You're going to start Mikhail guarding him. 
him, but Powell's going to come over or somebody's going to come over and they're going to set a pick and you're going to have to switch. And it's, it's, it's advantage, it's advantage Mavs every single time. And once he gets his, he gets himself into the teeth of the defense, then it just, everything collapses, everything opens up. Now we talked a lot about Dallas yesterday and how dependent they are on the three point shot. They had 20 of them yesterday. They shot 49% from the three point line. They were getting a lot of, they're going to win good, when they do that. Easy looks. I mean, when they shoot that well, right? I mean, it's, it's almost, I heard EJ last night talking about the game saying, turn them into a jump shot shooting team. Turn them into, well, when you're giving them wide open looks at the three like that, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to, Luca's going to get his. Okay. The, those stat lines I read for Luca, he's doing that to everybody this year. That's not just a Suns thing. The 33, 11 and 8, 33, 9 and 10. He's doing that to a lot of teams. The Mavericks are only winning when those guys are hitting their three-point shots. And they were hitting them to the tune last night that the Suns just could not compete with in any stretch. But but it, it goes beyond that. It's not just about this kind of tactical, how do you account for it? How do you, I think Luka really enjoys doing this to the Suns more than he enjoys doing it to anybody else. Maybe some of it's the Luka special. Maybe some of it's the fact they didn't draft him. Whatever the case may be. It seems like that playoff series stirred something within his soul when it comes to wanting to beat the Phoenix Suns, I wanting to right. defeat them. And, and, and for that reason, I don't care what their record's going to be at the end of the season. I, if you watch, you and I will be doing shows in March, all right? And we'll be looking at the Suns. Are they first in the West? Are they second in the West? Are they third in the West? I guarantee you, you know what I'm going to be looking at? Where are the Mavs? You don't want them. Where are the Mavs? Okay. Where are, are the Mavs eighth? Mm-hmm. Are they seventh? Are they tenth? Are they? But you know, are they going to play in? Are okay. they going to play their way out of the play-in tournament? Are they going to play their way into the playoffs? I'm going to be keeping an eye very closely which, on where the Dallas Mavericks are. Which is why any thought that the Suns should go get a center or a power forward or a guard in a Jay Crowder trade is just wrong. You have to get another wing defender. Yes. You have to get another lengthy wing guy. Right? I mean, is, is, did that game just not show you? I need another. Good defensive wing player that I could throw out there that could help me with the Luka Doncic. Because when these switches occur, I can't end up with DeAndre Ayton on him. I have to be able to have a Tory Craig on him or a Jay Crowder or somebody that has a better chance of defending him than, you know, Cameron Payne or DeAndre Ayton or Jock Landale. And too many times, so that's why, you know, I think that maybe it was it was good that you waited on the Jay Crowder trade because, you know, okay, does that game give you any indication of what you may need? I need another really good defensive player because if we end up with the Mavs, I need somebody that gives me a snowball's chance in hell of stopping Luka Doncic. Yeah, that's part of it. And you also, that, that you could also use somebody who can create their own shot. And, and you'll get that when you get Chris Paul back. You'll get that when Cam Johnson comes back. I mean, the Suns, we were joking yesterday about how James Jones was almost like willfully testing his team to see how they would do with another guy down, right? Last mm, night, yeah. once again, no Tory Craig, no Dwayne Washington Jr. At some point, you got to start getting these guys back. In fact, Monty was asked if Chris Paul and Torrey Craig will be back tomorrow for the Boston Celtics. Here's what he said. We hope. We don't know yet, and I don't want to put anything on that, but we hope that those guys are getting closer. Are they going to play? I don't know. You know, I can't even speculate on that right now, um, but we'll find out more, get more information as we head home and, and um, evaluate everything. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun 
when you're beating the Spurs and you don't have anybody, right? Like it's yeah. it's one thing when you're playing these teams that are, okay, we we're, we're a better basketball team than them. When you start playing the Mavs, when you play the best record in the NBA tomorrow in the Boston Celtics, when you play the second best record in the West in the Pelicans and back to back games over the weekend, all right, you you do your your depth starts to get exposed a little bit, and the lack of depth because of the injury starts to get exposed a little bit. It, it's it's not that there's this false urgency to get these guys back. But you would like to start seeing them get some bodies back because it's getting about as thin as it can get right now for this team. Right. There becomes a point where, and I think we talked about this four-game stretch where they're going to play the Celtics next and two against New Orleans, and what are they going to do if they go two and two? And um, if they don't get anybody back and this stretch ends up, you know, with a, with a poor record, one and three, oh and four, whatever it may end up, I mean, it just really emphasizes that, you know, to beat the better teams in the league, like you, you can't you can't go too long without these guys. You're gonna be without Cam Johnson for a while, but you need Tory Craig and you need Chris Paul and you you need Dwayne Washington. You need to have your full arsenal of players to go beat that team. So that's you know that's what this is telling. When you play the better teams, it really comes into focus. Major League Baseball winter meetings are in full swing. Should we brace ourselves for a big Diamondbacks move? The latest the Gambo is hearing next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll, presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Eric's with us with today's Twitter Poll question of the day. We do want to wish uh, our producer Mitch the best. He is very under the weather right now, so we hope he gets better soon. We have Lauren's filling in. Thank you, Lauren, for being here and keeping us all in order, but hopefully Mitch gets back to the show as soon as he possibly can. So we had Eric out for a little while. He was sick. Yeah, Mitch is sick. and I'm dropping Lauren's, things in here. Yeah, Lauren, stay away from everybody. Yeah, seriously, Lauren, just insulate the room, yeah. put a towel under the door, right? The joke here is I was sick last week. Oh, you, you gave it to everybody? Wow, we need to insulate the door. We're never going to leave. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's flu bugs going around here. It's pretty nasty. There is. Um, it, it is. It is. So, Eric's here. He's back. Mitch, we wish you well. You got our Twitter poll question today. What That's do you got right. for us, Roops? You know what made me sit, guys, last night's Suns oh, game? There you there go. Walk, walk, That's a good walk, transition walk. right there. Don't want, want me. He said walk, Luka Doncic walk. is the new owner of the yeah. Suns. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I off knew you'd of hate that. that. Yes, off, off of, of that. that, I decided to ask, let's look at the playoffs. Which of these four teams playoffs. would you like the Suns to play the least when they make it there? Oh, now, how oh, I chose okay, I like this. this. Okay. Three of these teams are right underneath the Suns in the standings, and the fourth one is the Mavericks. So you've got the Mavs, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. <laughs> I, I gotta go Mavs. I... They have the best player who single-handedly is torturing the Phoenix Suns. I have to go Mavs. I hate giving in a recency bias. I really do. Right, because it could be the Pelicans. It, I mean, it probably should be the Pelicans because they're really good. And they gave you troubles last year, and they got Zion, and they're just going to get better and better and better. But come on, man. The Mavs are just a... Okay, you know what? I give in to recency bias. The Mavs, put me down for Dallas. Mm. I don't want to face them. There's a lot of recency bias in here. In fact, they're 65% worth leading the way by a long shot. It's Luka and the Mavs in second place to no surprise. 25% on the Pelicans, 6.8% on the Grizzlies, 4.1% on the Nuggets. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it. I like it. Burns and Gambo Twitter page. We'll give that one the uh, Mm -hmm. power of the Gambo retweet if possible. 
possible and see I'm in where it. we I'm are in it right now. A couple of hours from right now. Winter meetings are going on in San Diego, and uh, there still continues to be chatter on Xander Bogarts and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I'm going to add this to the conversation because I don't know, Gambo, if this – I know what you've been reporting, and I look yeah. forward to hearing what you will continue to report on this. And I want to say that I – I very much trust your reporting on this. Very much do. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting today that Scott Boris, who is Xander Bogart's agent, yes, said today to the media that he believes Bogart's will age well because of his ability to adapt over the course of a contract to second base and third base. Wait a second. He just said last week that my guy's not moving. He's a shortstop. Uh-huh. Boris He's a shortstop. He believes Bogarts will age well because of his ability to adapt over the course of a contract to second base and third base. Now, hypothetically, mm-hmm. if you're the Diamondbacks and you were to sign Xander Bogarts, knowing that Jordan Lawler is probably a year or two away still, maybe a year, maybe more, just the fact that Boris is acknowledging that there might be a transition in Bogarts' future, okay? In terms of how the Diamondbacks view Bogart, it would be one of the main r- ways that you would have to get him. Yep, there are. There listen, the Diamondbacks have they they kick the tires on it, but they were a long shot from the get go. I ruled them out after my conversations with them because one, um, and especially after the Trey Turner contract, like it's not going to happen. I really don't think it can happen. Listen, the only way it can happen is it, and I'll go back to the same thing with like JD Martinez. Remember when J.D. Martinez was a free agent? I said, listen, there's one way the Diamondbacks could get J.D. Mar- J.D. Martinez if he's willing to take a one-year deal for a lot of money. A one-year deal for a lot of money, and the Diamondbacks would bring him back. So you can never say never. But what would have to happen is very simple. For the Diamondbacks to get Xander Bogarts, one, he would have to be willing to switch positions because they've got Jordan Lawler, who's going to be their shortstop. And then, two, the Diamondbacks have to get off of a contract, mainly Madison Bumgarner's contract. So, And they would have to get somebody to take like a lot of that. Um, so it's, and nobody's doing that. Nobody's like it. So if you hear today that the D-backs have traded Madison Bumgarner, they're going to get Xander Bogarts. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. If the D-backs trade Nick Ahmed, Mental there's note. a chance. So if you hear the Diamondbacks have just traded, uh, Madison Bumgarner to so-and-so team and that team's taken on 85% of the salary, the Diamondbacks are going to get Xander Bogarts. If that happens. If that happens. But uh, nobody wants Madison Baumgartner. Nobody wants Nick Ahmed. So, like, the contracts that they would have to get off of, nobody wants. So, it's just, I said highly unlikely that they could get him, and I'm going to stick with highly unlikely that they can get him. And I... Trust your reporting on this one very, very much um, because it just seems so such an expensive thing to get at this point. I, I just uh, I will. Con- OK, here's what continues to make this very interesting. John Paul Morosi, baseball insider, MLB Network insider, said the Diamondbacks were, quote, among the most serious Xander Bogart suitors, close quote. Doesn't make much sense to me, but OK. There's a report Buster only tweeted out. Agents at the winter meetings are guesstimating that Xander Bogarts will get something in the range of 180 to 200 million dollars when he signs. Okay, that's what, so he's out. No, he's that's a lot of money. It's a lot less than Trey Turner, though. I mean, it's literally 67 percent of what Trey Turner got right with the Philadelphia Phillies. He got th- 300 million, and this is 200 at 180, 200 over how many years? Doesn't say. Doesn't just say. says 180 to 200 million. Doesn't say the yeah. number of years. Okay, so I'm looking at this, and again, I want to reiterate this. I think you're right. I don't think this is going to happen, 
But because the amount isn't as high as Trey Turner, and because Boris is now going on record saying, hey, my guy, he can play second base. He could play third base. That means he's not getting a lot of bites. And he's probably not getting a lot of bites at shortstop. Or at least not Trey Turner bites. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it's just that door is... And even you, you know, you're saying, okay, Mad Bum's got to get traded. And, like, there's a bunch of conditions that have to be met. Yes. God, there are so many people linking him to the Diamondbacks. It's just strange. Because they checked in. Given how- and then Boris is going to get that out there. These teams are Boris's job is to make as many teams out there believe that there's a lot of teams that want Xander Bogarts. Yeah. So the Diamondbacks, did the Diamondbacks have a conversation? Of course they did. Of course they did. But like again, it's like there's so so many scenarios that would have to play out. It makes it highly unlikely. Listen, Nick Pecoro does a really good job for for the for AZ Central Arizona Republic. He wrote this today, basically backing up a lot of what I said. Multiple sources downplayed the likelihood of such a deal coming to fruition. Bogarts figures to be out of their price range given other holes they have to fill on their roster. A Diamondbacks Bogart deal seems increasingly unlikely in the wake of the the contract that Trey Turner just got. So very much what I've been reporting for the for the for the, the same amount for, for for a week now. It's unlikely, highly unlikely, that they're able to get Xander Bogarts because of the one, the money, and two, the just the, the things that would have to happen in order to get him. All right, a couple of the things coming out of the winter okay. meetings that I want to get to. Yep. Uh, and number one, you mentioned Nick Pecoro, who does do an excellent job covering the Diamondbacks and has for years over at AZ Central. He's reporting today on that website the Diamondbacks are talking to the A's about catcher Sean Murphy. Yes. Now, he ain't going to be cheap, given that he is he, under club control for three more seasons. He's cheap this year. He Well, I, mean, I, don't, I mean cheap in terms of what you'd have to give up to get him, yeah, okay, because you're gonna have to. He's not a free agent. You have to fashion a trade. The A's are expected to deal him this winter. He hit 250 last year with a 426 slugging, 332 on base percentage. Uh, Nick writes with three seasons of team control left, he has been unsurprisingly a very popular target in trade conversations. At least eight other teams have been publicly linked to Sean Murphy in discussions. Would this be something you would give up one of your surplus outfielders to get? And if so, what would you do with Carson Kelly if that were the case? Yeah, I mean, right now, I don't think that there, there's not a free agent market out there for catchers. You know, there's there's some reports that Vasquez could be of interest, uh, the Astros catcher as well. They are looking to upgrade that position. Um, so I could see this, absolutely, that they could be interested. Would I trade one of my outfielders for Sean Murphy? No. I mean, I wouldn't do that. I mean, Sean Murphy's a good player, but he's a career 236 hitter in four years. You're not going to trade. You, you would be very, I'd be very shocked if they traded one of the outfielders for Sean Murphy. It's going to be, have to be a lot better than that. Remember what I said. If they're going to trade one of their outfielders, they want an all-star caliber everyday player back. No prospects. All-star caliber everyday player. The Diamondbacks do not view catcher as an everyday position. They don't. So to me, I would I would be really surprised if they would trade one of their outfielders for a catcher for the simple reason that they just don't think the wear and tear on a catcher. You're going to have a guy. So they want two guys to catch a whole lot. And that's not an everyday player. So that they're, they're not know, looking just, at trading for a catcher that's going to play 140 games because that's not going to happen. Want to make sure I'm clear on this. He's not reporting they're going to trade one of their outfielders. He's yeah. merely suggesting that if there's a bunch of teams bidding on Sean Murphy, that might be where the asking price goes for the A's because they will have plenty of options. He's not reporting yeah. they're going to trade one of their outfielders for Sean Murphy.
or that there's been any discussion for trading their outfielder for Sean Murphy. What he's reporting is that because there's going to be a lot of suitors for him, the bidding for him might get expensive like that. Could be. It might okay. require yeah. something okay. like that. That's right. And at that point, you bail out and you say that they're not going to trade one of my outfielders for a, uh, you know, a, a catcher that's going to play 50% of the time. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, there are reports too that the Diamondbacks are one of, again, about eight or nine teams that have checked in on Christian Vasquez, the Astros catcher, former Boston Red Sox catcher as well. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. Gambo will show you how. You'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. I'm sorry, was that inappropriate? No, it's okay. I'm not. I'm technologically challenged and I get it. The parallels between former Titans general manager John Robinson and the general manager of the Cardinals run deep, except one's out of a job today. Does that mean anything for the Cardinals for their decision making? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Few ripples throughout the NFL today as um, well, a couple things. Baker Mayfield got claimed by the Los Angeles Rams. We'll talk about that in a little bit. There's news about Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe he won't be out as long as people thought. We'll talk about that in a bit. But we got to start with this story coming out of Tennessee because obviously some on social media have linked the story with the decision facing the Arizona Cardinals at some point in the next month, month and a half. The Tennessee Titans announced today that they fired their general manager, John Robinson. What is particularly, and there's lots of things about this story that is noteworthy, what is particularly noteworthy about it, they just signed him to a multi-year extension in February. Sound familiar? Yes. Just signed him to February 8th. They signed him. They announced a contract extension for him, saying that him and Mike Vrabel would be leading their football team for years to come. So the same year they give him a contract extension, they decide to fire him. Now, what's interesting about this, Bernsey, is that there's been a lot of success there. Yes. 66 wins, 43 losses. They made the AFC Championship game in 2019. They were the number one seed in the playoffs last year. They made the playoffs in four of his six full seasons. Four out of six, including the past three. They're also on pace to make the playoffs this year. They're in first place. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've lost three games in a row. But I think one of the reasons that they're saying, okay, what, uh, you know, why, why are they firing him? Man, they just got torched by A.J. Brown. They traded A.J. Brown. Their offense is terrible. It's one of the worst in the league. Um, so, you know, I, that A.J. Brown trade, I think, really came back to backfire on them. Sure. They've lost the three games in a row, and then they look at the drafts. You look at the drafts. Jack Conklin in the first two, in, in the first round. Um, not with the team anymore. A.J. Brown, not with the team anymore. 2017 first round pick, Corey Davis. Uh, Adoree Jackson, 2018 first round pick, Rashawn Evans. 2020 first round pick, Isaiah Wilson. He played one game for the Titans. He's out of the NFL. 2021, Caleb Farley. Remember that name? We talked about Caleb Farley a whole lot. A lot, yeah. We, we, we ruled Caleb Farley out for the Cardinals because he was, he was injured. He can't get on the field. Caleb Far- Farley suffered a season-ending injuries in his first two years there. He's not; he hasn't been able to play. So the draft picks have not worked out for him. And then the AJ Brown trade kind of backfired. 
And for some reason, they just decided, even with all the success, they were going to fire the guy. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the A.J. Brown thing. They, they got the number 18 and the number 101 overall picks in that draft. Philly immediately signed A.J. Brown. Four years, $100 million deal, $57 million guaranteed. It all happened that night. It happened very, it certainly doesn't help that the Eagles trounced the Titans the way they did this last Sunday. I mean, absolutely blew them out in a game that wasn't competitive at all, but it's still very odd. In fact, I, I was kind of following this on, on social media when it went down. Albert Breer, via his Twitter account, quote, I have communicated with a couple of people in the building in the last couple of minutes. They're floored. No words, quote unquote. Like people just can't believe around the Titans organization that this has happened. And of course, as you would expect, there were some on social media who immediately saw this and saw an opportunity to pounce and to correlate it with the Cardinals and to wonder if they would do the same thing, especially it's fair, it's fair to compare. I, I, sure. I think the two things that that make people sit up and take notice. Number one, he just signed a contract extension. So does Steve Kime. Number two, there's a history there of draft picks not being the best of draft picks not being signed to extensions or to second contracts. That's also been a problem here. That's also been something we've talked about when it comes to Steve. Now, is Michael going to take a cue from the Titans and do what they did? No. But the fact that they did what they did is evidence that it can happen. Teams do make choices like that. As bold as they might seem in the moment, teams are willing to do that, especially given that they just signed a real contract. Their controlling owner said, since becoming controlling owner in 2015, my goal has been to raise the standard for what is expected in all facets of our organization. I believe we have made significant progress both on and off the field through investment in leadership, personnel, new ideas. Progress includes the core of our business, the football team. Um, but I, but in the end, I believe there is more to be done and higher aspirations to be met. I want to thank John for his dedicated work. And we're going in a different direction. They want more. They want more. In a nutshell, that's what this is about. Okay, we're, you know, we've lost three games in a row. We just got, we made a bad trade for A.J. Brown. Sure, this guy's had a lot of success, but we want to do better. It's crazy when you look at it. Okay, so you mentioned seven and five. Look how bad they were before he got there. They're, they're, they're in first place this year. Mm-hmm. 12 and five the year before, 11 and five the year before that, nine and seven, nine and seven. May, in 2015, they were three and 13. In 2014, they were two and 14. You, you're talking about back to back years in 14 and 15, where they were five and 27. Over two years. Yeah, they were bad. They were really bad. He got now. Did they go as far as they wanted to? Did they take advantage of, of two first place finishes in their division? No, they lost in the divisional round. They lost in the wild card round. They were always kind of look. I always thought Titans in the playoffs. Uh, probably not going to pick with, him to go with very Ryan far. Ryan Tannehill is that quarterback, right, there's which like, he made the trade for. He yeah. got Tannehill. There, there was always a limit to what they were going to do. Great regular season team, always found a way to win, but in the playoffs, they weren't a real good bet. It sounds like that's ultimately what got them. By the Bengals last year, I believe. Yes, the I believe number you're one right. seed. And so the problems here are different. I mean, if Steve Kime had this kind of record... First place, first place, first place, 12 He's wins. He's getting a lifetime wins. contract extension. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no conversation to be had here. We're done. Yeah. We're, uh, and honestly, I think most of the fan base would be very satisfied with that, very pleased with, with finishing but first expect- place expectations, in your division. Dude, we talk about expectations change. Like, we're satisfied with the Suns, but now we want more, right? We want more. 
I mean, the Suns, kind of like Tennessee bowing out as the number one seed to the Bengals last year, is kind of akin to the Suns bowing out to the Dallas Mavericks as the number one seed. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So there's that frustration where that does, you know, that didn't, you know, turn into a championship. And I, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe there was something else that happened, but three game losing streak, AJ Brown trade. Some of the draft picks just not working out. Guys not with the team anymore. We talked about Caleb Farley and um, those things not working out. But still, I mean, they hadn't had a winning record since 2011. They hired this guy and they're in the playoffs four times in six years. Yeah, and whereas the Cardinals have been in the playoffs one time since 2015, and that was the wild card loss to the Rams. The other thing you got to think about is if you're Michael Bidwell, you've always got to think about who do I, if I do make a change, a coach, a GM, anywhere in the organization, who, are, who do I replace that guy with? Does John Robinson, does he become a candidate now? First of all, do a lot of owners now look and say, okay, that guy, woof, man, that guy had a lot of success in Tennessee. I'd like to have that where I am. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's a candidate for some other jobs. The Hall of Famers, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, headed to State Farm Stadium on May 14th with the Strokes. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now by heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. How did the Suns bounce back from a tough night in Dallas? We will ask Josh Koji. He will join us on the show next here on Burns and Gambo.